Well, it's great to be back with you this weekend and share with you a, a word from God. And I'm excited about it. You know, we're all experiencing things we maybe never experienced in our whole lives. Like many of you uh, are helping your sons or daughters at home with their schoolwork, or some of you are homeschooling, maybe for the first time ever in your life. The other day I read something I thought was funny. It said, today you can make the decision whether you're going to have a nice day or whether you're going to help your son or daughter with their math, but you can't have both. Well, I know that some of you can readily identify with that statement. And many of you, maybe all of you, have already concluded you're going to appreciate those teachers more than you ever have before and realize that your son or daughter is not the perfect angel that maybe you thought they were. Well, anyway, it is a different period of time. It's exciting, a little frustrating, but still exciting as God is in the midst of it, helping each and every one of us. All I want to ask you is this. Who in the world decided that it was not essential to have barber shops or beauty parlors open? For heaven's sakes, some of you are not only having to learn how to cook, maybe for the first time ever, or having to do it on an ongoing basis, but you're having to learn how to cut hair. Well, some of your kids are probably going to look like this little boy if this thing goes much longer. Uh, that's, he's, been, he's been in quarantine a long, long time. And uh, maybe you dads are already starting to look like this as far as your hair is concerned. And uh, Boy, beauty parlors, ladies, I feel for you. Uh, pray God's going to help you, all right? Because if he doesn't help you, you're probably going to look like possibly this next person. Well, I hope you fix it up a little bit better than that. For heaven's sakes, you can't even take your pet to the groomer. Well, I'm sure you don't have a llama, but... Uh, this poor llama can't even see, so things are getting really bad, all right? This um, uh, past week, I was listening to the radio coming in to work, and I heard uh, this interview of this doctor who studies the brain and brain trauma. He was talking about the stages that people are going through during this uh, series, of whatever you want to call it or are calling it. But he said, we're in the anger phase. And when he said that, I thought, boy, did he hit the nail on the head. We've entered into the anger phase. And I'm sure that maybe all of us have felt a tinge or maybe even a torrent of anger, feeling like, when is this thing going to end? When am I going to get back to work? Well, the truth is people are working right now. So pray for those in the grocery stores, and restaurants, and other areas of business, retail that are open. So people are already working. 
Frustration comes when many of you are not. And right now, tragically, across America, 17 million plus people are out of work. Well, aren't you glad you serve God? I know you are. And the fact of the matter is this. We may not be able to control the circumstances. That's why I felt like we should entitle this, How Are You Doing? How are you doing? Because we are at a place we can't control the circumstances. So what you can control, though, is your reaction to those uncontrollable circumstances in our lives. So our reaction is so very important. It's been said life is about 10% of what happens to us and about 90% of what or how we respond. Well, God help us to respond well. We're all learning a few things. I'm trying to be more patient. I got behind a slow poke the other day, and my first response was a little frustration, but I thought, oh, we're coming to an open road. I'm going to go around him. And then when we got there, I'm like, why, are, why am I in such a hurry? Uh, I know you'd be proud of me, or at least I sure was. I just drove slow behind them and, and just decided I was going to learn a little bit of patience. And I probably, like you, could use more of that. Well, I'm going to give you a scripture. It's our main scripture for today. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 10, the word says, but may the God of all grace, and let me say to you, there is enough grace from God today for you to handle any and all situations. Grace, unmerited favor. You don't deserve it, but you get it anyway. And there is enough mercy from God to help you Get through this day and the next and the next and forever how long the rest of your life. There's enough grace. And then it says, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. And then after you have suffered a while, after you have suffered a while, He will perfect you, establish you, he will strengthen you, and he will settle you. Wow. Uh, Let's talk about those four things that this verse shares with us. We're going to suffer a little while through different things in life, and some of you are suffering. You're suffering financially. And I guess that's the part that could really make me mad. And it does, actually, um, to think that many of you are suffering, not for your own cause or sake, but because of what's happening. It's out of your control. You've lost your job. And you are turning to God as best you can. But you're struggling financially. You're struggling financially. 
emotionally. But I'm telling you something. When you don't know what to do, you turn to God. You ask God to help you. He's still the God of provision. He's still the God that will help you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The word has not been made void during the quarantine, but the word has come alive. Bible, uh, Bible sales are up tremendously during this time. Uh, those platforms that offer the Bible for free uh, are tremendously up, the usage. So people are reading the word of God to get them through this, and that's a good thing. Well, as we look at this verse, it says, here's what God will do after we have suffered a while. And I know that we're on different levels. Some of you are suffering financially. That's why the church originally committed 100000 to help people. Now it's up to some 140 plus thousand because there are a lot of needs out there. So the stimulus check is going to help, but it's only going to go so far. And many of you are already behind, but you're trusting God. And I challenge you to continue to do so and believe God for a miracle. Well, the Bible says, after you've suffered, he will do this. Number one, he will perfect you. Anytime you see the word perfect in the Bible, you associate it with maturity or being mature. So it says he's going to perfect you or make you mature. When the Bible says be perfect, even as he is perfect, it's not saying that you, if you've been saved six months, are going to be as mature as someone that's been saved 40 years. No, but the, the striving on your part and to allow God to help you be as mature as you can for being saved for six months. And then to be as mature as you can or should be when you're 20 years after serving Christ and then ongoing. So perfection or maturity comes as we grow in God. But the ultimate aim and goal is to be like Christ. Number two, it says God will do this. He will establish you. He will set you in order. He will cement you in place. I like that. He will establish you. He'll set you in order. He will cement you in place. You're unmovable. You're in concrete. He will strengthen you, that scripture says, or make you stronger. He'll build you up. That's exactly what he wants to do in every one of our lives. Number four, it says he will settle us. When is he going to do this? After we've suffered or during the time we're suffering, that's the end result to perfect us, mature us, establish us, strengthen us, settle us to adapt to a more steady or secure life, to steady us, to give us emotional peace in our lives. Well, 
I'm excited about that. That's a great thing. So how are you doing? How are you doing in this time of suffering? How are you doing? How are you doing with your praise? Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. Even during a time of suffering, we'll praise the Lord. Even when you can't find toilet paper, you're still going to praise the Lord. God's a great provider. I went to Sam's recently, and they didn't have any. They were out. I was about to leave the store, and someone said, they have toilet paper in the back. They were unloading new shipment. God is a God of provision, and uh, God's going to help you. So if you need to borrow some, call Alice, all right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know what Romans 8, 18 says? Oh, I like this verse. Oh, write this one down. You need to read this one and keep it somewhere where you can see it. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Oh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to what Christ is going to do in us. The sufferings will pale in comparison to what Christ is going to do in our lives. I've got some great verses today. I'm going to give you another one. And I ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing with your praise? How are you doing in the midst of allowing God to work in your life? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. How are you doing? The Bible says, but the Lord is faithful and he will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Wow. This word establish you in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 3 is the same root word we find in 1 Peter chapter 5 and 10, where it said Christ will establish you here. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you. He will steady you. He will set you in place. He will put your soul, as it were, in concrete, your emotions in concrete, where you're not movable. And then he will guard you from the evil one. Here it says to us that in a time of suffering, the enemy always shows up because he knows we're potentially vulnerable. He knows that if we're not careful, we get our eyes on the negative. We watch the news too much. And right now, if you watch most of the news stations, they will potentially petrify you with fear. I mean, it's like you're going to be doing this two years from now. Some of them are declaring. Some of them are so negative I'm saying to you now, turn it off. Please, for your sake, turn it off. You're going to trust God. 
He's going to get you through this. He's going to establish you. This thing is going to be over before you probably even realize it. And I know, even saying something like that, I know there are those out there, oh, you don't, you're not taking this serious. I'm taking it serious, but I'm not taking it fearful. I am not going to be fearful. And so I challenge you, don't be fearful. And if you can't speak positive, don't speak negative. Don't act like to others. Don't put fear in other people's hearts. Speak positive. Speak toward the conclusion. Speak toward what Christ is going to do through this time. Well, I ask you, how are you doing? Have you got the enemy on the run, or does he have us on the run? Well, I hope the other is the case. Establish is what Christ said in 1 Peter 5.10 and 2 Thessalonians 3.3. He says he's going to establish you. Maybe that's exactly what you need today. Well, I ask you, how is your sifting going on? See, the enemy in any and all situations in life wants to sift us. When you use that word, you immediately think of Peter because Christ said, and we'll turn to it, Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Boy, something this time, I've read that verse many times like you, but something this time just seemed to leap out of that scripture. Strengthen your brethren. We get focused on Peter and him failing, but the end result is Christ wants to use Peter and this experience to strengthen others. Well, because Christ is going to meet him in his failure, in his stumble, and he's going to establish him, strengthen him, perfect him, settle him. And you may say, well, Christ prayed for him, but he still failed. No, Christ prayed that his faith not fail. Let me propose to you that that prayer was answered. Peter did not fail in his faith of Christ or his trust of Christ. He failed in his faith in himself or his trust in himself. Well, when I look at this, I, I think about Peter in the sense that that night, the night before Christ was crucified, he declared that he was more mature than all the others in the room. Do you realize that? He said, others here may fail you, but not me. I will never, ever fail you. He had a lot of faith in himself. He had a lot of trust in where he was spiritually, and it all collapsed. Wow. There are a lot of people in life that, um, that's why we're to be careful, that, um, that we don't 
promote ourselves or puff, get puffed up because lest we fall. Um, and so be careful about bragging on yourself. Let, if anybody's going to brag, let it be others, but let bragging on ourselves be minimal. Years ago, uh, we had a men's fishing expedition out in the ocean, all out from Daytona. And there was a man that uh, prior to that, we were, it was a small church, uh, this church at the time. And there was a man, uh, he was bragging, yes, I never get seasick. And um, I love being out on the ocean. I was a sailor and we sailed all over the world. And he just bragged and bragged and bragged. Me, on the other hand, I didn't want to go out there. I was being forced to go out there. Um, I um, had somewhat of concern about uh, being out there and getting seasick. I was not bragging. But he was, just like Peter, he was bragging. And so he's already gone to the, be with the Lord, so I can tell this story. But on the way out, out into the ocean, I started getting a little sick. And feeling terrible. And sure enough, when we stopped the boat, I wanted them to turn it around and go back to the shore and drop me off, but they wouldn't. Sure enough, when we got out there, I got sick, went to the side of the boat, but something miraculous happened. From that point on, I felt wonderful the rest of the day. Caught fish, and I decided at one point to go around the boat, it was a pretty good-sized boat, and go to the other side, see what the other guys were doing. Walked around there, lo and behold, the one that was bragging about, you know, never getting seasick, he was around on the other side. So horribly sick. He was changing colors. Now, me being a godly man, I didn't laugh at him. I didn't go up and punch him in the shoulder and say, uh, I thought you were a sailor. I thought you never. No, I didn't make fun of it. I would never do that. I just laughed inside. That's all I did. I, that, that's not a sin. I laughed inside. I couldn't help myself because he had bragged and bragged for weeks on end. It was just funny. Uh, he didn't look like he was doing that well. He looked pretty sick, but he got over it. He lived several more years after that. He was fine. And Peter got over it. He was up there bragging to the guys, bragging to Jesus. I would never fail you. And what did he do? He was not as mature as he thought he was, as he proclaimed he was. Nope. So Peter failed in his trust in himself. And he, did he fail Christ? Yes, in that sense. But he didn't lose faith or trust in Christ. He still believed that he was who he was. No, he didn't lose that belief. So Peter, when he walked down that night and got by that fire and that little maid questioned him and said, aren't you one of his disciples? Fear gripped his heart. Poor Peter. Fear gripped his heart. He didn't know it was in there. Fear gripped him. Just like some of you, maybe. Fear has gripped your heart unnecessarily. It's gripped your heart, just like Peter. And he wasn't as mature as he thought he was. And maybe you're discovering 
you're not as mature as you thought you was. Now listen, it's okay. Because in essence, that's a good thing. Because Peter went on to do incredible, awesome works for God. And so are you. But it's better to find it out now than maybe later. So you're if you're finding it out and you've been struck with fear, then just do what Peter did. He went out into the night weeping, crying, broken. Bragging in the upper room, broken and crying down below by himself. Yes, his heart was broken. And what did Christ do? Beat him up after that? Next time he met him, bring it up? No. He just pulled him aside and said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. Yes, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. In other words, now that you've been through this, strengthen your brethren. Strengthen them, Peter. For all of you listening, that maybe you haven't come through this in the way you would have thought you would have. Um, listen, Christ says to you, do you love me? And you are going to say, of course I love you, Lord, just like Peter. And Jesus is going to say to you, then I want to use you. Then I want to use you. Just like he said to Peter, feed my sheep, Peter. That Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached a powerful word. And 3,000 plus men got saved. Only God knows what plans he has for you. Let me give you one more scripture. It's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance or endurance, and endurance or perseverance produces godly character, and godly character produces hope, a feeling hope, a feeling of expectation that someone may help or save us, and that hope is in God. Well, we're going to all make it, by God's grace and God's help, because he's going to perfect us or mature us. He's going to establish us. He's going to set us in order, put our feet in concrete. He's going to strengthen us, make us stronger, and he's going to settle us. That's a promise from God's word today. Well, we're going to talk to some of you that are listening about your relationship with God. And my wife is going to join me because she's going to share some on her story about her walk with God and how she came to Christ and a saving knowledge of, of God. Uh, it's a beautiful story and, and now it's been all these years uh, since she came to Christ and she's still serving the Lord. And just like all of us, it hasn't been a perfect journey, but Christ has been perfect. So she's going to share that with you right now. Yes, glory to God. And Pastor, did you hear the numbers on how many people actually watched for Easter? 
um, it was like 10,000 connections and an average of 3.4 people. So that could have been uh, as many as 30,000 people watching the services. God bless all of you. And then we actually literally prayed with 115 people this past weekend for salvation. And the last count I heard, and that was back on Tuesday, 139 people had responded through the text salvation. So I'm, I'm so excited about that. And I will never forget the day that I prayed that salvation prayer. It was such a simple prayer. Um, it was before you and I met two years before. And the guy that I was dating at the time uh, took me home to meet his family. And his sister asked me to come into another room with her. And she explained the gospel to me, told me what Jesus had done for me on the cross and asked me if I wanted to pray to make him my savior. And I said, yes. And so I followed her in the prayer that day and I, I felt a burden lift. And from then on, I sought the Lord, something that would have helped me even better, as simple as that prayer was and the doors that that opened for me, if I had been able to connect with others right away, and if I had had someone that was there, you know, that I could talk to on a, on a regular basis and someone that could have helped me start reading the Bible, that would have been so much better. I would have really grown a whole lot faster, Pastor, and that's why we always encourage people to do that. And so glory to God for everything that someone can do today to be saved. Hallelujah. A simple, can I talk to you in the other room? Today, it's a simple illustration to you that the same thing can happen to you. She was lost. She didn't know Christ. But someone that had never met her before. Just said, hey, can I talk to you in another room? What an incredible thing this lady did. Years later, well, I should say this. She did tell my wife one thing. She said, um, stay away from those Pentecostals. Well, um, that was the only bad word of advice she gave her because Alice didn't listen to her on that. And and uh, look what's happened since. But thank God this woman loved the Lord enough to pull her aside. Today, the Lord loves you enough that he went to the cross, paid for your sins, gave his life, bled, shed his blood for your sins. So today, if you're listening and you don't have a relationship with Christ, or maybe Some time ago, maybe it's been years ago, you walk with God, but you've fallen away. Life happened and gotten away from God. I want to challenge you. Turn back to God. Would you pray with me right now? And those of you watching, wherever you are, pray with us that God would just do an incredible, awesome thing during this time. And that millions more around the world would be swept into the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that's watching today. God, thank you that though we suffer for a while, you will perfect or mature us. You will establish us. You will strengthen us. And you will settle us. 
I give you praise for that. I pray that work of grace and mercy flow into every believer's life that is listening. Lord, for those that are seeing or listening somewhere right now that doesn't have a relationship with you, is not walking with you, I pray, oh Lord God, they would turn to you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and repent by the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you richly today, each and every one of you, wherever you are. Blessings to you. Wow. Thank you, Pastor, for such a timely message. I know that God has spoken to you this morning. I want to say thank you for being a part of this service. And uh, of course, these services are archived on our website. So uh, you can go back and reference this later or send the link to somebody else who needs to hear this word. And for those of you who made a commitment to Christ this morning, maybe this is the first time that you've ever made a commitment to Christ, I wanna ask you to do something. Would you just text your full name to this phone number here on the bottom of the screen? It's just our way of having a record of this transformation that's taking place in your life and also to give us opportunity to send you uh, some help in just beginning this walk with Christ. And so I encourage you to text your name to that number. Well, as we have done most weeks, our Kids Way programming is going to begin at the conclusion of this service. It's been one of the fun things to watch on social media, all the young people gathering around the television to take part of the kids' service. That's going to start in just a couple minutes. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful week.